Hey everybody, good morning. Um, yeah, as Anthony said, I'm Nathan, hi. It was a big surprise. I fooled probably the majority of all of you here. We got them, well done. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to speak for you guys today. Obviously, I'm no pastor, this is a first for me, so uh, we're gonna be experiencing this together. Um, and it's hopefully you'll get something really good out of it and it'll be a really good time, but uh, really excited to be up here. So yeah, as, a, as it has been said, my name is Nathan Freshour. I'm actually Casey Freshour's younger brother, the worship pastor here. Um, that's how I got connected here, found out about this church. Um, and then I've been doing the internship that this church provides and the leadership program that they do uh, for a while now. And that's been super fun, really challenging, um, like I assumed it was going to be, but it was. it's still been really fun and an awesome experience and opportunity. So um, yeah, here we are today. So a little bit more about me. I uh, have a wife. Her name is Michaela. If you have not met her, please do. She's an amazing person. And uh, we also have a dog. I actually have a picture of us. So that's our dog, Newton. He's adorable. Um, and there's my wife, too. She's up there as well. Um, that's us out at a lake that we really enjoy. But yeah, we're all about hiking, backpacking, camping, all sorts of stuff. And... Uh, some of our hobbies. Um, I'm also really passionate about something called falconry. Raise your hand if you've ever heard about falconry. Now, how many of those hands are from me telling you what it is? Probably a good majority. Um, but falconry is a big passion of mine. I'll talk a little bit more about it in a little bit. Um, so stay tuned, pay attention. Um, but I did throw another picture in there just so you can see. This is actually a picture of one of my birds and me and then Newton as a puppy. So you can just see, yeah, just focus on Newton as a puppy. He's adorable. But that's one of my birds. Her name was Bean uh, that I flew. So basically falconry is just taking uh, birds of prey or raptors and training them to hunt alongside humans. Um, so yeah, that's a big passion of mine. Really excited about it. But we'll talk a little bit more about it later. Um, but today what we're going to talk about is actually um, discipleship. So, you know, like I mentioned, I'm in the internship um, I have done apprenticeship in the past, and um, I've been privileged, privileged uh, with Anthony to mentor me through this internship. So just a lot of ships and mentoring and apprenticeship. So this felt like something that I could kind of speak on from personal experience and life experience, and also scripture has a lot to say about um, discipleship and what that is and the importance of it in our lives today. So let's, uh, let's get into it. Um, when I say disciple, what are some of the first things that pop into your guys' head? You can shout anything out. Anybody shout something out? Disciple. John Paul. So we got some disciples' names. So that was the first thing that popped into my head, too, was the big 12. Jesus had 12 disciples, and they're pretty common throughout Scripture to hear about them. In fact, a lot of them wrote some of the Scripture we read today. So that was the first thing that popped into my head. But yeah, disciples, the 12 disciples of Jesus were basically people that Jesus called to to accompany him on his mission while he was here on earth. Um, the mission being going and spreading the word about who he was, who God was, um, what he was there to do and accomplish. And the disciples were there to follow along on that mission, to bear witness to what Jesus was doing, to spread the word about what Jesus was doing, also to... Um, go and encourage spiritual disciplines and habits that Jesus had. And um, 
yeah, just, just tell people to encourage um, new believers in their faith. Um, and actually, uh, in Matthew chapter 4, 18 through 22, is the first time we see uh, Jesus called to his disciples. The first time he actually invites disciples along with them. It's for um, Peter and Andrew, who are fishermen. And then also two brothers named James and John, also fishermen. So lots of fishermen. Um, but he basically calls out to them saying, you know, drop what you're doing, follow me. I want to make you fishers of men. Just giving them a, a higher call that they can seek after. And they, bas- they just left everything to do it. They dropped everything. The two brothers, James and John, actually left their dad behind. They're like, see, pops, uh, we're going to go follow Jesus. This guy is now our, uh, what they would have called a rabbi, which basically just means teacher. Um, so anyways, and Jesus was there to just lead them. So he called out to them, and they followed. Um, and these guys were really important. So, uh, but let's break it down. What is discipleship? What is a disciple? So I threw a slide in here. So this is the Nathan definition. The process of becoming or teaching others to become more like Christ. So the process of becoming or teaching others to become more like Christ. And I say process because it's continual, but we'll get into that. But we can think of it kind of as, um, as a blueprint. If you know what a blueprint is, basically it's blue. And it's something that you use to uh, build something or accomplish something that's been set out, planned, written out, drawn. It's basically, you know, perfected on paper, and now you have to accomplish it in real life. We can think of that kind of as the same way through discipleship. Jesus is the blueprint. So Jesus was the perfect example of how to live this life here on earth to honor God, to, um, to seek God with your whole heart, to have joy in life, um, to love your neighbor, and to resist temptation. Jesus represented and walked the walk in all these ways for us. So in discipleship, we can look to Jesus as what we're following. He is our teacher, our rabbi. And so that's the big thing, is becoming more like Christ, because he was this perfect example. That's what our goal is. Now, what's the main point? I'm going to hit you with my main point of why we're talking about discipleship right now, um, so that you guys can see it, chew on it, as we're discussing further. But this is my main point. I threw it up as well. My main point is this. We are all called to be disciples of God. So currently... Presently, now, everyone who calls themselves a Christian, who would say they're a Christ follower, is called to be a disciple of God, to be in discipleship. So that's my main point, and that's why we're talking about it. It has everything to do with today's walk as a Christian. We can see this called out. Um, I threw the verse in the slide as well, Matthew 28, 18 through 19. Um, This says, Then Jesus came to them and said, oh, and by the way, this is like a little bit after um, Jesus resurrected. He was crucified. Three days later, he was resurrected. So he was kind of going on about uh, that, you know, people were seeing him. Some people were believing, some not. But anyways, he was, this was him addressing a big uh, group or crowd of people. And uh, so here we go. Then Jesus said to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. So we call this the Great Commission, um, basically giving us homework of what to do right now. So this is still very present. So you might be thinking, now Nathan, that says that I need to go and make disciples, not that I have to be a disciple. So, ha, gotcha, Nathan. Well, yeah, that's what he said, but think of it as like you cannot guide someone somewhere that you have never been. So if we're going to go make disciples, we have to, bless you, we have to first be a disciple in order to lead people in discipleship. Um, I mean, you'd get pretty nervous if someone was, you were going whitewater rafting with a guide and the guide was like, yeah, it's my first day, never been out here. <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. I'd be like, what? No, what? We could die. So you need someone who knows where they're going, knows what they're doing, and has hopefully done it before. And vice versa, you know, the same thing. If I'm looking for someone to guide me in what I want to accomplish, I would like someone who's been there, done that before, who can guide me correctly, can guide me well. So it's kind of this double-sided thing. He's calling us to make disciples. He's calling us to be disciples in order to make disciples. So a little bit of personal story time. This is where I'll talk a little bit more about falconry. Uh, I kind of experienced this in my life, and I want to share about it. So let's break down falconry a little bit more. Basically, it's this whole process. It's a sport uh, kind of hobby that you do or that you can get into where you train these birds of prey to go along and hunt with you. I got really into it about six or seven years ago. I can't remember. Um, going right out of high school and really excited to do it and basically got right into it. Um, but it is very tricky to get into. It's very highly regulated. So you do have to um, study, take a test, pass that test, build a facilities, build your equipment, get that checked off by a government official, um, and then get what is called a sponsor. So a sponsor is basically just a mentor, someone who been there, done that. They have to be at a certain level in falconry to be a sponsor. They've gone through the same process you have gone through. So they sign off on the paperwork to say basically that they're going to mentor you, that they'll be there for the questions, for the milestones in your process with these birds. Um, and the first two years of your falconry is actually called an apprenticeship. So I was a falconry apprentice for not two years, but I upped the game to four years. That's right. Overachiever. Nah, I just didn't do it right. So... The first two years, I got connected with a gentleman who agreed to sponsor me. And, you know, like, and like I mentioned, it, it, he was great. But like I mentioned, I was just coming out of high school. I wasn't as mature and centered in life as I am now. But so I saw falconry, A, as an amazing opportunity to connect with God's creation, to train animals. I love animals. But also I thought, man, I'm going to look so cool having a bird that could just go and kill something whenever I want it to. Like, that's going to be so cool. Like, my future wife is going to see that and be like, and it worked. 
But that was my that was my focus, you know. That's what I was concerned about was with that I I was the one doing it. So when it came time when I had questions, when I had a bird that was being difficult and because as an apprentice falconer, you have to trap a wild bird as your first bird. So this is a wild animal that you have to tame basically, but they never are actually tame, but you just have to control. So it's very complicated, and I never, I never reached out. Uh, I wanted to figure stuff out on my own. I wanted to be the one who's just getting things done and can just say, like, yeah, I did that. That was me. Check me out. And I never reached out. So the first two years, I flew birds. I had two birds within my first year, and they were healthy. They were good. They flew, but they never caught anything, which if you talk to a falconer and they're, you know, we're buddy buddy saying, oh yeah, how's your bird, blah, blah, blah. What they care about is, well, what's it trap? What's it catching? What game are you catching? Like, is your bird successful? Because that's what it's all about. We're not trying to take these birds to just have them fly for us and be our pet. It's, we want to con- them to continue in their own natural instincts of hunting. And so that's the big thing when it comes to falconry is, oh, well, what's your bird catching? And I'd be like, oh, they haven't caught anything. It's been two years that I did in falconry, and I, none of my birds ever caught anything. So didn't really succeed and wasn't willing to reach out for help in order to succeed. So the time came around, which I didn't know, your sponsor actually has to sign off on you stepping to the next level. Oops. So I reached out to him, my sponsor at the time, and was like, hey, it's been two years. I think I'm ready to step up. And he, you know how Jesus, when someone who did not follow them on earth, follow him on earth, and they come to him, and he's like, turn from me, I do not know you. My sponsor basically did the same thing. He's like, turn from me, I do not know you. He's like, we never even talked. I don't know how your birds did, how you fared in your hunting. I don't know any of that. You never talked to me. And I'd be like, oh, okay, well, yeah, you're right. I didn't. So he couldn't sign off on me. So then I was stuck in this place, well, okay, well, I got to do it all again. I got to basically start from square one. And the, the, my sponsor at the time had, didn't had time constraints, so he couldn't do the sponsorship now. So I found a new sponsor, and I was just up front with this guy. I said, hey, like, I did not do this well my first two years, and I'm still in an apprenticeship when I should have been done already. Um, it was my fault. I didn't reach out. I didn't seek help. I didn't rely on them. I didn't invite them into what I was doing um, so I could use your help, please. And luckily, this guy was really nice, and he understood, and he said, yeah, let's get it done. And we got it done. So then the next few years, I was able to fly birds, was successful in hunting, um, and got the signature on my, on my stuff to, to move on. So I say all this because it took me learning a little bit of humility, um, but also how important people who know what they're doing and are there to help you and assist you in what you want to accomplish, like how important that is for you. If I had just relied on my sponsor, if I had reached out when I had questions, I could have moved the whole process so much quicker. And it's the same thing in our walk with Christ. There are people who want to mentor you, who want to come alongside you in this constant walk through life and walk with Christ, and they want to help you. And all we need to do is reach out to them. Um, 
and to God as well. God wants to help us. He is what we're following. And so we need to pray. We need to be in Scripture. We need to be focused and attentive to what God is calling for us and what he's trying to tell us. And sometimes that's through other people. Actually, a lot of the time that's through other people. So people in your life who are connected and seeking after God are going to be able to deliver and help you in what God is calling you to do. So that's why we need to rely on those around us to encourage us in our walk. So we can see how important discipleship is and what how important being a disciple is, but let's talk a little bit about how to be a disciple. So I broke it into three steps. Three steps to becoming a disciple. Step one, boom, on the screen. Become a Christian. First one. Now this is, this is step one for a discipleship through Christ, with Christ. I guess if you're trying to disciple in something different, you don't really need this step one. But here what we're talking about today is discipleship in Christ. That's step one. Now this may seem easy or, well, not necessarily easy, but it may seem straightforward. But it is the most important decision anyone can ever make in their entire life to follow Christ. To accept his teachings of who he said he was and believe in that. And put your trust and faith in this man, Jesus Christ, is huge and will change your life for forever. So that's step one. You got to get there first and then you can start living your life following him and then, and then you're on your way. Step two, boom. What is it? Oh, read scripture. <laughs> read scripture. Um, and I actually have a verse for this one. Uh, I think I put the verse in the slide as well. I have terrible eyesight, by the way. This is why I'm like having to lift this thing all the way up here, and I can't see that screen. But anyways, um, 2 Timothy. Did I put 2 Timothy in this line? Perfect. 3.16. But now i got to read it. Okay, 3.16. So all scripture is God-breathed, is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Boom. Read scripture. This is actually Paul, or yeah, Paul writing to Timothy um, in, here in this verse, and he, that's what he's telling him. He's like, hey, Timothy, check this out. This is important. And so it's important for us today, and we need to be in scripture. We need to be seeing what the original teacher the rabbi said about himself and what he said about how to live this life um, worthwhile. Um, but yeah, we have to understand, we can't follow anyone or their commands or their guidance if you've never heard a word that they've said. And you cannot guide anyone somewhere you've never been before, like we talked about before. Um, the Bible is our direct look into the life of Christ and the story of God built off of eyewitness testimonies and spirit-ordained record-keeping. That's what the Bible is, and that's why it's so important that we need to be in Scripture, if you can, daily, um, but on a regular basis, so that we can get what we need out of it in order to lead others, in order to grow in our own life. Um, it's step two, super important. Step three, and last step. Boom. Live a life glorifying to God. 
So we've done step one. We've become a Christian. We've accepted what Christ has said about himself. We're doing step two. We're reading scripture. We're involved in it. We're eating the nutrients of this living, breathing word. And now we're going to live a life glorifying to God. Not as easily done as said. Did that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Nailed it. So it's difficult. I mean, living a life glorifying to God, like what does that mean? How do we accomplish it? Well, first of all, read scripture. That's what Jesus is teaching. That's what his teachings are all about. How do we live this life glorifying to God? How do we make decisions based off of what's going on in our life? How do we look at situations and make the most out of it? Um, uh, we need to get an understanding of theology. Now, that may sound a little bit intimidating, but theology is just, you know, what God said of himself. It's Greek. Theo meaning God. Uh, ology, not ology. Logos. Logos meaning word. So word of God or God's word. That's what we need to understand. We need to get a grasp of that. You don't have to go to school for a billion years. You just, I mean, you can if you want to. That's a great idea. But if that's intimidating, you just need to be in Scripture to understand what God says of himself and believe in that and hold that true to how you live your life. And that will display itself in many, many different ways. Obviously, we're all individuals. We all have our own talents, our own goals in life, our own giftings. Um, so we can use these all differently. Um, but that's why I kept it kind of broad. We need to live a life glorifying to God. That will look differently for you than it does me in some ways. But at the basis, it's all going to be the same because we're all following the same God if we hold on to the truth of who he says he is. Very important. So I'm going to be wrapping up, and the worship team can actually come up at this point. But I just wanted to leave you with those steps and also one last verse because I think that it's really important to attach to living a life glorifying to God is also running that with endurance. Um, doing this life with endurance, with the end goal in mind. Being discipling other people so that you can reach more people. The generations will continue to disciple each other and then ultimately at the end of your life coming to Christ and saying and hearing him say, well done, good and faithful servant. But the last verse I have is Hebrews 12.1, which talks about running the race with endurance. Now, this isn't in the slide, but I'm going to read it for you. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning and shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So that's the bulk of it. That's, the, that's really important in living this life for Christ and being a disciple. We want to be so close to Jesus and so in tune with what he has to say and what he's teaching us that we're basically a carbon copy of Jesus Christ here today. As close to that as we can. Now nobody's perfect like Jesus was. Everybody has sinned and falls short. But we can be as close as we can and lead others in that. 
And that's what it's all about. So I call on people who feel that they have a lot of great life experience. You've been through a lot of different stuff. Pass that on. Seek out people to mentor. Seek out people to come alongside in relationship, friendship. To when they have questions, they have someone to reach out to. Our younger people, our younger generation, they need to be able to reach out to someone to ask them questions to when they have questions about how to live this life, how to follow Christ, what it means. So be available. I challenge you with that. Um, and also, if you're younger, reach out. Don't be, don't be prideful in living this life. It is not easy, and it is no fun alone. So reach out. When you have questions, look to those around you. Look to elders and ask them the questions you have. So the band can come back up. I don't know where they went, but I'm just going to pray for us, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up, or we'll have the band lead us in worship again. If you guys uh, want to pray with someone today, um, we're going to have people up by the stage. I would pray with you if you want to pray with me. Um, I highly encourage that. Just seek that out and be looking for ways to disciple those around you and be in discipleship with others. It's very, very important. But anyways, I want to pray for us real quick. Dear God, we thank you for today. We thank you for being able to be here in this place with everyone here today, God. I just pray that you continue to encourage us in who you're calling us to be, God. It's so individual per each person. But God, you have such an amazing plan for everyone here in this room and everyone here on this earth, God. You have such a higher calling. And we just pray that we embrace that. We pray that we look to that, God. And when it gets tough, when we get stressed, when we may not have the answers, God, I pray that we reach out for those answers. Whether it's in prayer to you, asking a friend, or both, or reading scripture. God, I pray that we're reaching out in every way that we can so that we can get the help and the discipleship that we need. God, help us to go out and reach people for you. Help us to make disciples. We love you so much. And in your great and glorious name, God, amen.